All right, I see, I see. Somebody, y'all are just excited for the Super Bowl. That's all it is. Y'all want to watch? And, and how about, did we time it right or what? You get to break your fast on Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, is that, I, I am stopping to get wings on the way home, you know what I'm saying? Haven't eaten meat in 21 days, and, and I will be a carnivore today. I'm telling you that right now. Some animals are dying. All right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Dead animals. All right. Man, man, it's going to be uh, going to be good today. Hey, before I jump into the message, got a couple housekeeping items that I need to talk about real quick. Uh, one of them is that on Super Bowl Sunday, we, we respect your time. We know lots of people have things going on. It's it's really becoming like a holiday almost in our nation, and uh, which is fine. I don't have anything wrong with that. I love football, so I'm all I'm all about that. And, uh, but what that means is we are not going to uh, try to compete with that for our life track classes on, uh, on Sunday night tonight. So if you have never had an opportunity to go to what we call true life 101, which would normally be on the first Sunday night of the month. And you would like to find out more about what the heart and vision of our church is and how we work today only one time special offer, Buy one get one free. No, uh, immediately following the service, you can meet me in the hallway right here that connects to our kids zone area. And I will lead you back to one of the movie theaters. And we're going to spend about 40 minutes and do true life 101 this morning. All right. And, uh, and so you'll have an opportunity to find out all about what makes true life church work and happen. The only bad thing about doing it this morning is we won't have all the snacks and goodies that we normally have when we meet at the other building. Uh, but I'll have you out of there and plenty of time to go get lunch and, uh, do your last minute shopping for the game tonight, all that good stuff. So, um, how many of you have been through life track and, and you could, you could just say, Hey, it's worth going to come on. Give me a, give me a shout. All right. So, so, uh, hang out with me for, for 40 minutes after church. Uh, you'll get a nice new shiny book and, uh, hear all about what makes things happen here and how you can start to take some steps to become a partner with us and help us reach our city. All right. Good stuff. One other thing I need to talk about before we get into the message. And, uh, this one's kind of tricky because I don't really know how to be politically correct with this, but I, it's happened enough that I feel like I need to just go ahead and address it from the stage. And so let me just say this. In our church, uh, everyone is welcome. And so we get people from many different walks of life. Some people are in great seasons of life. Some people are really, really struggling. And um, what has happened is multiple times now, we have people who come to our church who, who maybe they're in a, a transition as far as career or maybe even homeless, um, maybe they're living in a shelter, um, all, all kinds of different scenarios. And, and I just need you to hear my heart is that in, in those types of scenarios, we love to help, we want to help, and we usually do help. Um, on, on almost any given Sunday, it's not unusual for us to send someone uh, with a church credit card to the grocery store and fill up several bags and, and send people home with some food to eat and that sort of thing. But here's, here's what I want to say. What has also happened is sometimes... Unfortunately, somebody might get kind of cornered in a bathroom or a hallway by someone who's in a desperate situation saying, hey, I need money. Can you help me? And so I just want to say, I understand that can be very uncomfortable. And uh, what, here's how I want you to respond if that happens to you. I want you just to, unless God just really moves your heart and tells you to respond by helping in that moment, we have systems and we have processes here to help people who are in that situation and to vet through those situations to make sure that money's not going to go be spent on a bottle of vodka or, or uh, some drugs or whatever. And so what we want you to do is to just very gently, very kindly say, hey, I know that this church wants to help you. Let me, help, let me find a pastor or a leader that I can introduce you to. And uh, you can bring them to, to myself or Jeff, uh, Jeff Waves, so everybody knows where you're at, uh, Joel, Brian Schaefer, Alex Group, uh, Kristen Brownlee, any of, or any of their wives there. Um, and just come say, hey, this person was telling me they need some help. I want to introduce them to you and uh, give them an opportunity to help. Now, let me speak to anyone who maybe you're in that kind of desperate situation, that scenario of your life. Um, you can help us create a culture where people are more prone to help and be generous and give by not cornering people in the hallway or the bathroom and asking for help there. Go through the proper channel. Go through the proper, proper process. Because what you may not know that you're doing is you might, be, you might be asking someone who's visiting this church for the very first time. And they're just trying to check things out. 
and, and uh, that might create a really uncomfortable situation where they never come back, and we never have an op- opportunity to move them through the process and see God give them a heart of generosity, which would mean more resources that the church can use to help in your situation. And so you, you kind of could shoot yourself in the foot. Does that make sense? Everybody hear my heart on that? All right, so we want to help. We love to help. I'm just asking you, go through the right process. Go through the right, through the right chain, and, uh, and we will get you help anyway that we possibly can. And we want everyone here. This is a place where anyone can find friends, find God, and find life. Come on, you all with me? All right, so we want you here. Hope this isn't making you uncomfortable, but we just got to be able to deal with this the right way. And uh, if you've ever been asked for anything, I apologize if it made you feel uncomfortable, but we're going to figure it out. We're going to get it right. All right, let's get into the message. And we're glad that we have people like that in those types of desperate situations coming to the house of God. Where else should you be? You ought to be coming to the house of God looking for help. So we're glad you're here. Let's jump into today's message. I'm going to go quick today because I want to be able to get to life track with some of you and uh, got some, some things to share. You may have heard Joel, if you were here last week, say that he was wrapping up the Remind Me series. And I, want, I don't want you to think he misspoke because he was wrapping up the Remind Me series until about halfway through his message when I was sitting in that chair, taking some notes, feeling like, you know what, there's a few more things I think I want to add on to this, to this series and uh, prayed through it this week. And so I am wrapping up the Remind Me series today. Um, and uh, it's going to be really, really good. And it's going to work out perfectly because what I want to do is almost in a, in a transitional kind of way, give you a few things that are important to us culturally as a church and that I think help us kind of shift gears for the next season of our church. Because what's going to happen next Sunday, next weekend, you're going to see lots of college students coming back onto campus. And, and uh, we enter, yeah, come on, you can get excited about that. Um, University of Delaware and uh, Wilmington and Dell Tech and, and um, you know, the winter break is ending and, and uh, so people will be coming back. And that next Sunday really is kind of the kickoff of what is a growth season for our church that will run from uh, mid-February to Easter. All right? So it's a super important season uh, in the life of our church every year, just like fall. We see growth. We see growth during this time of year. And so we have some really important things planned. Now, Here's what I need. I need you super fired up about next Sunday because I don't know if you know this, but next Sunday we will be celebrating our two-year anniversary as a church together. Yeah. And uh, our lead team's worked hard. We've been working hard. We've got lots of different uh, pieces that we're going to share, a lot of uh, videos that we're doing right now. We're going to tell you uh, some of the stories that are happening in our church that you don't know about. We're going to worship like crazy. I think the band has like 800 songs ready to go next week. And, and uh, not, not going to really preach in the normal sense. I'm just going to take uh, five or ten minutes and, and uh, cast some vision next week. But it is going to be a party. We are going to celebrate because, check it out, most new churches don't make it. 90% of them close the doors by the end of their first year. And, uh, and so that's a horrible statistic. We're a miracle. We've made it too, everybody. We're here, all right, and, uh, and healthy and growing and, and good things happening. So we're going to throw a party. Now, I know uh, some of you have, in a very irresponsible way, been getting your weather forecast from social media. Um, and so you think Snowmageddon's coming next weekend. I just want to tell you, if you go to, like, websites or TV channels where there are actual meteorologists, um, they're saying it's impossible to forecast that far out. There is a chance of some bad weather next weekend. Here's what happens in case um, in, in case we do have bad weather, all right? It, on the off chance that we have to cancel a service, um, which we, we really don't ever want to do. We, we do everything we can to avoid that. But if we had to cancel or if the weather was bad enough that we just knew attendance was going to be very, very small, we would just shift our celebration one week back, Okay. Um, to February 16th. Don't want to have to do that, but we'll do it if we have to. But here's what I need from all of you for next week. Let's just assume that Jesus is watching over us and he's smiling and he's going to make the sun shine on February the 9th. All right. And it's going to be an awesome day. I need you to do everything you possibly can to fill every seat in this house, because there are going to be some life changing stories that we share. And it's going to be a great opportunity for people to go. Yeah, that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. And uh, so every friend, every family member you can think of that needs to find a life-giving church to be a part of, would you just commit with me? Let's get them here. Let's go into this. Let's start the growth season strong and with some momentum. Everybody, you with me? 
Come on, let's do it. Let's fill every seat we can. Pot, load them in your... The Brownlees will loan you their bus. Uh, um, <laughs> I was kidding. Man, you know, that thing was almost full going to a youth group party Friday night. And they just bought the thing, man. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, what scares me is out of all of the young people in our youth group, one of the leaders acts the most like a teenager. But that's okay. It's all right. <laughs> so, all right. So next week, really big deal, kicks off our run up to Easter. If we don't have any weather issues, following next week, we're going to do a very special Sunday. It's a one-deal, standalone Sunday. It's not a part of a series where we do the Q&A deal. You guys have seen us do that before. You can ask any question you want. We'll answer it. We're going to answer questions that day with a focus on relationships because of Valentine's. Oh, and um, and also uh, money because a lot of people struggling in money. So we're going to have some some people on the stage who uh, are good at answering questions in those areas and let you ask anything you want. You can write it on a card. And then the following week, we start a brand new series called Running with the Giants. And uh, we're going to be looking at the giants of faith through the Bible that series is going to take us all the way up to Easter Sunday, and it's going to be a, a really awesome season in our church. So I'm excited. Hope you're excited. Now you know where we're going. You've got some, some vision, some things to look forward to, and I'm pumped to throw the party next weekend. It's going to be great. Let me just make sure I gave you all the housekeeping stuff. I did. Okay. Well, let's recap where we've been over the last several weeks in this series called Remind Me. You know, the idea was that we wanted to take time to remind ourselves why we're here as a church. And um, if I'm being honest with you, and I haven't really shared this as a part of the series. I've gone back and forth on whether or not I should. Part of the reason why I felt like we needed to go here and spend time um, in this area during the beginning of the year, talking about reminding ourselves about vision and values and culture and mission and, and all those things is, you know, we started the church two years ago and it felt like you get this big surge of momentum just from being new and doing some things that, that nobody else is doing, like having church in a movie theater and, and um, <clears throat> doing songs with lots of synthesizers and dance music. And, um, and so there was just this momentum of kind of just being this new, fresh thing. And as we approached coming up on two years, I kind of felt like, like you can't run on just the momentum of being the new guy in town forever. That only takes you so far. What do we do to keep people fired up, keep the vision fresh, keep the vision hot? And I felt like we were at an important kind of crossroads as a church where we needed to make sure that that stuff was out in front of everyone. Everybody understood why we're here and why we're doing what we're doing uh, so that so that we could keep the momentum alive as we head into year number three. And uh, I think God has done some stuff. I've got a lot of great feedback as we've worked through this series. A lot, I see a lot of just uh, fresh energy in the hearts and eyes of people as they go, oh, yeah, that is that is why we're here. Find friends, find God fine life, that, that um, we're supposed to be a place that's reaching lost people and helping them become fully devoted followers. And we want this culture where people are authentic and, and the church is relevant and people are accepting and church is fun and it's powerful. And, and uh, so I just want to thank you for sticking with us through this series and, uh, and letting me and, and Joel share all these things that are so important to the life of our church. And I hope, it, I hope it's gotten you excited and fired up about where we're headed in 2014, and and I think God is going to do some powerful, powerful stuff. And here's here's the deal: I don't I don't think anybody, if I were to say, "Hey, raise your hand if you want to get to heaven and find out you didn't accomplish everything you were supposed to," no nobody's raising their hand for that one, right? How many want to get to heaven and find out you you accomplished at least most of it or made a significant impact, if not all of it? I mean, hopefully all of us. That's what we want when we get to heaven, and that's. That's why the series is so important because I don't want to get five years, ten years down the road and look back and go, oh, man, we got off track. We didn't do what God called us to do. And uh, so this is about staying on track, staying on mission. And we started with this scripture that's really important. It's the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority. And this is where we started at the beginning of the series. That Jesus has this authority. Where does it come from? In heaven and on earth. It came from his father. And verse 19 starts with the word therefore. And I don't know if you remember six weeks ago, I told you, anytime you see the word therefore in scripture, we should ask what it's there for, right? 
So a lot of times we read the Great Commission and we start at verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that sounds great. But the therefore is really important because the whole reason we can do that is because Jesus gave us the authority to go do it. And we believe very strongly that the local church ought to have authority, that when we speak on issues and when we act in the community, it ought to make people take notice because there's a supernatural authority that's attached to everything that we're doing. Are you, are you with me so far? All right. So we want to make sure we have that authority. And we talked about the things we need to have that. Then he says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Come on. How many glad we don't have to figure it out alone? We got, we got Jesus by our side, helping us figure it out. And if we get all these areas that we've talked about over the last several weeks, vision, values, culture, mission, uh, partnership, leadership, we get all those cylinders working together. I believe it gives us an incredible amount of authority. We can speak to the issues that people are facing. We can speak into the lives and situations and, and things that people are going through. And we can do it with the authority of Christ. And it's incredibly important. So here's the recap. Week one, we talked about vision and values. That we're leading people to experience a life-giving relationship with Jesus and to become fully devoted followers of him. And we also talked about that week, our values, that we want to be authentic Christ followers, that we want to be relevant, accepting, enjoyable, and powerful. And I hope that you've committed. Remember, if you remember that week, if you were here, if not, go listen to it. I talked about what the perfect true lifer would look like. And it's that authentic, relevant, accepting, enjoyable, powerful. Week two, shared a message called Find Life, where we shared our mission and our, our uh, strategic statement, which is to create... Uh, environments where anyone can find friends, find God, and find life. In fact, we have this really fun cheer that we do with that. Maybe you remember it. Come on, everybody, you ready? Yes. Here it is. You ready? Yes. <laughs> and we're like, oh. not ready yet. again. All right, here, here we go. Ready? Fine, yes. fine, yes. fine. Life. Yeah, that's what we do around here. Yeah, you can give it a cheer afterwards. That's fun. All right. <laughs> I've lost my clapping crowd. They all, they went away. Week three, we talked about a path to partnership and how important it is in our church to be a contributor, not just a consumer, someone who's got some skin in the game, who's invested in this thing. Week four, we talked about the two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And I would just say to you, if you've never heard anybody talk about what it means to be life-giving, um, not, I don't know that I'm the best person in the world at talking about it, but you can go to the website and listen to that message. That, that message, that... Um, that idea, that thought of being life-giving is something I go back to all the time because it transformed my life. It transformed the way I look at everything. And so if you didn't get a chance to hear that, go listen to it. We talked about the fact that we're a life-giving church. We choose innocence, and we choose to live in the tree of life. And then last week, Joel did a great job talking about leadership and gave us a great picture of what biblical leadership looks like and encouraged all of you to follow us as we follow Christ. And I can just tell you, on behalf of all of the lead team, we're not going to get it perfect. We're going to mess it up, but we are following Jesus. We're committed to following Jesus. And I don't, I don't feel guilty or ashamed or arrogant or prideful at all by saying the same thing to you that Paul said to his followers when he said, hey, come follow me as I follow Christ. Let's figure it out together. And you can do that here. And so here's what I want to do. That brings us to today, the last message in the series, which is really just it's kind of my attempt to wrap up all that we've talked about uh, over the last several weeks and give you some, just some important, these are cultural things that I felt like were important for us to remember, but didn't necessarily fit into all of the other messages. So uh, just four thoughts that I'm going to share with you today that I think are really important as we remind ourselves one last time who we are as a church and get ready for this next season. I want to look at John chapter 1. Verse 43, I'm going to share two of my very favorite passages in Scripture with you this morning, two of my favorite stories. And uh, what's happening here is we're in this season of Jesus' life where he's starting to gather his disciples and create the, the group of guys who are going to follow him and carry the message out after he's gone. And uh, it's, really, it's really funny and interesting if you read and study Jesus calling his disciples and, and kind of building this team because he doesn't look in all the places you would expect somebody to look. 
Uh, these guys are young. They're inexperienced. Some of them were fishermen. Uh, some of them were tax collectors. And, and I mean, so, I mean, can you just imagine like go grabbing a, a fisherman and saying, hey, I'm going to start a new religion. Want to help? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. And so Jesus is in this process here. And I love this story that unfolds. It says, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew, and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathaniel. Now, I don't know, I don't know what prompted him to do that, but for what he felt like Nathaniel needed to be a part of this thing with them. And told him, we found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And then Nathaniel gives this great response. Nazareth, <laughs> exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? And I just want to pause there for a second because maybe that's your life. Maybe you look in the mirror and you go, can anything good come out of this? Maybe that's your house. <laughs> is anything good ever going to happen? Maybe that's your hit. Maybe that's how you grew up. Maybe that's what you thought when somebody said, hey, come to church with me at the place where they show Rocky Horror on Saturday night. And you're thinking, you're telling me something good comes out of the building where they run around in their underwear at midnight. And I love the response of Philip because Nathaniel's going, what, what good could come out of that? And he says this, come and see for yourself. Come and see, Philip replied. Let me show you another story. John chapter 4, there's this great story of Jesus meeting this woman at a well. He asked her for some water. He asked her for a drink. Ends up in a pretty deep conversation with her, spiritual conversation. Ultimately, that conversation exposes her lifestyle in a supernatural way, exposes that she's living in sin. She's not following the, the way, the, the life that, that God would want for her. And the results start to happen in verse, chapter, in, in verse 28 of chapter 4. Check this out. The woman, Jesus says, hey, there's, the day's coming when worshipers are going to worship in spirit of truth. She says, he says, go get your husband. Let me talk about it. And she says, I don't have a husband. He says, that's right. You've had five, and the guy you're living with now, not your husband. She kind of goes, what? How'd you know that? And it says here in verse 28, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, what are these next three words? Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Two separate stories. The same response happens in both of them. Somebody saying, come and see. Come and see. And that's what I want to encourage you with today is that True Life Church, if I had to boil it down to just one thing that we could say about who we are, is that we're a come and see church. Come and see. Come and see what God is doing. Come and check it out. And, and um, in fact, I think Jesus had a come and see ministry. He had this incredible ability to attract people to himself and to create a crowd around him. And at True Life, I, just, I want you to understand that we believe Jesus gave us a great model for the culture of his church by being a come and see type of guy. And I want to say it very clearly this morning so that you understand it. True Life Church is a come and see church. Come and see what God is doing. Come and see how he can transform a life. Come and see what passionate worship looks like. Come and see what happens when you turn a movie theater into a church. Come and see what a team of people who love serving your kids and, and loving your kids looks like. Come and see what happens when a group of people gets fired up around the same cause and the same idea. And, and, and the, the impossible happens every single week when this place gets transformed from a movie theater into a church. I could go on all day with come and see, come and see, come and see. In the, in the world of church leadership, there's a name, there's a, a, a label for this. They call it being an attractional church. And I just want you to know, 
unapologetically and unashamedly, True Life Church, we are aiming to be an attractional church. We want to be a place that attracts outsiders, that attracts people. Maybe they're just, maybe they're doing yoga and they want to find out why they couldn't sit still from the base waves moving from this building down to the yoga building. And so they crack the door and it's just, it's come and see. It's attractional. That's the kind of place, the kind of culture that we have. Some don't like it. Uh, some might label it catering to consumers. And uh, here's what I would say to that. While we'll always challenge people to move from consumer to contributor, I also have to admit to you that I have never in my life met a person who was not a consumer. I can't, I just, I can't think of a single person that I've ever met who was not a consumer at some point in their life, who was not looking around for something shopping around for something. And so am I uh, uh, upset or ashamed that we have this I, this mindset or mentality here that attracts consumers that want to come check it out? Not at all. I, I'm, I'm not upset about that at all. In fact, it's who we'll always be. Um, it, it's my heart. It's what I believe God has called us to be, a place that is attractional, that like a magnet just draws people in who need to hear the message of Christ. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who, who attend True Life Church who before coming here just had a bad taste in their mouth about church or, or church people. And, and the miracle is that being here, that's changed. That outlook, that perception has changed. Why? Because it's a come and see church. It's an attractional church. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He said, you're the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Come on, how many believe that we're a church that's supposed to be like a big, bright, shining beacon to people who are lost in darkness, giving them an opportunity to find their way into relationship with Jesus. Come on, are you with me, True Life? Isn't that who we're supposed to be? So here's how I want to wrap it up. And we're going to be super quick today because I want to be able to to meet some people and talk about True Life 101. And this is how I want to wrap up the series. I want to remind all of us what we should be striving for. When we take that step and invite someone, or when someone breaks down that barrier, breaks down that wall, and actually asks us, hey, Tell me about that church you go to. It should be easy for us to articulate what they will see when they get here. What makes us attractional? What makes us a come and see church? And I just have four things that I want to give you today. And, and I hope that they'll, they'll have two purposes. I want them, number one, to serve as a reminder, because that's the name of the series. Remind me. But I also want them to serve as a challenge to each of us because here's what I need you to understand. No matter how passionately I preach on it, no matter how much we talk about it with leadership, I can't keep the culture alive by myself. We need you. We need each and every person. We need as many as possible to jump in, to buy in and say, I want to create a come and see church. And when people come, here's what I want them to see. Number one in your notes, if you're following along. Come and see, you'll find a church that loves Jesus and loves you. Loves Jesus and loves you. You say, that's pretty generic, Michael. Yeah, but here's the thing. Everybody says it, not everybody actually does it. So, I, like, I want to actually do it, guys. And I, I got to tell you, my heart is so moved as I've been talking to people over the last couple weeks hearing the stories of life change in our church, sitting in front of people with a video camera, it has been so hard not to cry. When I hear people say, I was, I was ashamed of who I was before I got here. And I actually heard somebody say this. You'll, you'll see it in a the video. They said, you know how you always talk about this is a place where you can belong before you believe? That was me. Like people made me feel like I mattered before I even agreed with all the Jesus stuff. And that tells me we're doing it. 
We're getting it right. But we got to protect it. We got to fight for it. We got to keep working on it. And we got to keep making this a place where anybody who walks through the door will go home and go, oh my gosh, I have never felt that much love in my entire life. Because that's who we are. It's a place where, and you saw it in worship this morning. Hands lifted high, voices as loud as we could, worshiping God because we passionately love him, but we also passionately love you, each and every one of you. This is a place where you are loved. We're not perfect, might even tick you off every once in a while, but we still love you. We love you. Find friends, find God, find true life. And so what I'm asking of you today, church, is that we don't just talk about it, but you'll help us protect it. Help us fight for it. Don't be the one who gets in fights and quarrels and bickers and gossips and all that. Be the one who's just, all you can think about when you're around your church family and you're around church stuff is, who is there that I haven't shown any love to yet? Who's there that I haven't high-fived, that I haven't said hi to? He said, but I'm an introvert, that's not me. That's cool. You can find one or two other introverts. Find a quiet corner. Be introverts together. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you. I'm serious. It's, it's okay. It's okay to be an introvert. Some of you won't believe this when I tell you, and I hope I don't get in trouble for saying it. When I met my wife, she like her natural personality is probably a little bit more that way. Like quiet, cool with a small crowd. Ministry has caused the outgoingness to to birth and come out and, and just the life that we chose. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, but God has called you, even if you're an introvert, to have an impact on someone else's life. So that you can't use, that God-given personality is your strength, not your weakness, and he wants to use it. So find the other introvert. Let's be a place that protects this culture of loving Jesus and loving other people. You can help us protect passionately loving Jesus by being the craziest, loudest worshiper in the room on Sundays. Like, just let's just go for it, man. Like we did this morning. The mountains shake and tremble. I don't remember all the words. <laughs> At the mention of your name, King of Majesty. That, that song could be a sermon. There's no power in hell. Or any who can stand. <laughs> we're a church that loves Jesus, loves you. Here's the second one. This is really important to me. We're a church that believes in excellence. This is a church that believes in excellence. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a few things. Here's the first thing I'm talking about is excellence in our environments. You know, we had a choice when we decided to have church in a movie theater. We could do it the easy way, which would be to grab an acoustic guitar and a $500 sound system and sit up here on a stool and start small and see what happens. Or, because we believe in being a come-and-see church, an attractional church, we raised money like crazy, got a little help from some friends, and, and there's probably, I don't know, I, I know our launch budget was was close to $50,000 to, to make it happen, to get a church started. And and we just thought, you know, let's just, kind of, some people say go big or go home. That's true life, baby. <laughs> it was, let's just, let's go big or go home. Let's just go for it. Let's get big speakers. In fact, we made a mistake. We came in here the first time to test the sound system, and we only had two of those, and we didn't hook them up right. And so we're like, man, there's not enough bass in here. So we bought two more. And we still didn't hook them up right. So we're like, huh, what do we do now? Then we hooked them up right and turned them up for the first time. And it was a lot of bass. So then I was like, well, should we take the other two back? Nah. We like bass. I want people wondering who's driving down the road. It's not the it's not the car with the subwoofers as our church, baby. Shaking your house, shaking your windows. All right. I'm cool with that. Listen, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when you look on the stage, maybe you can compare this to other churches you've been at. 
there's not a single music stand up here for our musicians. You know why? Because this is one of the things I'm really passionate about. When we started the church, we sat down with the, with the team of musicians who were going to form our worship team. And we said, God deserves our best. He doesn't get leftovers. He deserves our very best. And so when you get on stage to play, you memorize the music. You know it from top to bottom so that you're not having to think about what you're playing. You can just worship God with all of your heart and show everybody else how to do it. That's excellence. We believe God deserves the very best. There are some challenges meeting in a movie theater. But, you know, when we think about our kids and getting them checked in and keeping them safe, when we think about that environment over there, we just spent a couple hundred dollars on all new mats for the nursery because we didn't want dirty ones. We want them clean. We want to think about everything we possibly can and do everything we can with excellence. Because here's what we also know, that if we're not faithful with the small stuff while we're meeting in a movie theater, then God can't bless us with the big stuff when it's time to go build a 3,000-seat auditorium because we can't fit everybody in here anymore. We were at the Bob Carpenter yesterday watching a basketball game. I think Delaware's won 10 in a row. Awesome. And I just, I, every time I'm in there, I'm thinking, we're going to have Easter in here someday. We're going we're gonna to do it. I don't know how we get from this to that. I do know. Some of y'all need to write some big checks. That's one of the things that needs to happen. <laughs> I don't know what that path looks like, but I know that's, I just, I just know that that's part of the vision for who we are is that by being attractional, we'll reach more people than any of us probably think is possible. That's, I just believe that's what God wants to do. You can call me crazy, you can call me naive, but when Jesus speaks to me, I believe it because my entire life, he hasn't lied to me yet. So I just believe it when he talks to me, but I know we have to do it with excellence. God deserves our best. We talk about environments, we talk about arts and worship. And I just, it's a pet peeve of mine. You can ask the worship team. They've heard me rant on this multiple times. It's, it just bugs me when God doesn't get the best. And I challenge all of our teams, give God the best you can. It's, and it's not just the stuff our teams do, do. Speaking of excellence, I should take some grammar classes. It's not just about the stuff our teams do. It's even in our preaching and communicating God's word. You know, I don't want to I don't want to be the same a year from now as I am right now when I speak to you. When I go back and listen to some of the messages from a year ago or 2 years ago, I'm like, "Oh, I can't believe I said that." I'll probably think that after today about something. But Joel and I, you know, we talk, we when we preach, I'll, tomorrow I'll meet with lead team and there'll be opportunities for feedback and we're always asking, how can we do better? How can we present the gospel better? How can we show our city and our community that when they come to true life, we are ready for them, baby. We are expecting them that they're in the right place and they're going to find friends, find God, and find life when they get here. We believe in excellence. When you come to true life, when you come and see, you'll find a place that loves Jesus and loves you, that believes in excellence. Here's the third one. You'll find a church that believes in you. It's not the same as loving you. We actually believe in you. Like we believe there's something that God is going to do within your life that he only purposed for your life. And we want to be a part of that. We want to help that happen, whatever it looks like. You know, God maybe has has gifted and designed you to be the best baby holder and diaper changer on the face of the planet. Guess what? We need excellence in our nursery. I mean, we have it. We can always use more because people keep getting pregnant around here. Married, married people. <laughs> I mean, it's okay if you're not married and pregnant. That's, a, that's all right, but it's not ideal, but it's all right. But we believe in you. I don't really know how to get out of that one. Without making it worse. There's just nowhere to go. <laughs> Thank you. No, tomorrow lead team will be like, here's what you should have said. All right. We'll, and I'll record it and we'll edit the message online. <laughs> just cut all that, Joel. Just cut all that baby talk. Just get it out of there. No, people really are having babies. I like that. Keep, keep growing the church. One way or the other. I don't care. 
Here's what we mean. Here's what we mean by being a church that believes in you. Because, you, you know, we have all these, we have these systems and this process is called life track to help you find your gifts and find your talents and find the place to plug in. And it's, it's not just because we need something to talk about every week. It's because we actually believe that there's something God made you for and we want to see you do it with excellence. We want to see you get there. And, and so I, I fear sometimes that what people think is that, oh, you just want more team. You just want more help. You just want more people to make coffee and set up the stage. And, and here's the thing, like we do, but not because of what the church gets out of it. It's because for some of us, that's a place where we can find some fulfillment and God wants us doing those things. And so I hope that all of our life team, when Sunday's over and they go home and they're probably a little bit tired and they've worked hard, I hope that somewhere in their heart there's some fulfillment that comes from knowing, man, I did what God made me to do and I helped grow the kingdom today. And so true life is never, it's never about what we want from you. It's about what we want for you. And there's a big difference. Because there's, a, there's not actually very much that we want from you. Show up, be committed, work through the process. That's all we ask from you. But you know, we want to, there's a lot we want for you. We want you to mature. We want you to be in a small group. We want you to find your 10 spot. We want you to serve on a team. We want you to maybe even lead a small group. We want you to tackle your pastor and break his knee, Kevin Twitchell. Kevin found his 10 spot. It's not about what we want from you. It's always about what we want for you. We want you to have abundant life. We want you to have healthy relationships. And we want you to do what God has made you to do. And here's the last one. Number four, at True Life, when you come come here, you're going to come and see a church that is growing larger and smaller at the same time. Larger and smaller at the same time. Here's, I need you to hear me say this because I believe this with all of my heart. Healthy stuff grows, period. If it's healthy, it grows. Well, when does it, when does it stop growing? When every single beating heart within reach of our church is serving Jesus and a part of his kingdom, then it's grown enough. Until then... It has to be healthy so that it can keep growing. So are you saying you want a big church, Michael? Because I'm here because I don't like big churches. Yes, I'm saying I want a big church, but I also don't think you should go anywhere. Because while we're getting bigger, we're getting smaller at the same time. What are you talking about? That's craziness. No, it's not. It's not craziness. Because in two weeks... We're going to have a big list of all of the groups that people can be a part of and all the small groups that will launch in our next semester. And if you, if you find yourself at some point sitting here going, man, it's just too big, I can't connect with anybody, here's all I can tell you is it's not our fault. We're doing everything we can to put as many groups in front of you as possible and give you opportunities to connect and build community with each other. And here's what you need to know. If you study anything at all about human behavior, you know that you can really only have a circle of about 15 people who you're really close to and the relationships really matter. None of us can manage much more beyond that. All of us can have loose relationships up to about 150, super high capacity, maybe a couple hundred. But those relationships aren't the meaningful ones. It's that inner 15 that really matter. So guess what we do? We create environments where you can build your circle of that inner 15 who love Jesus, who love each other, who are iron sharpening iron, working together, helping each other, growing each other, getting closer to Jesus together. And so there's no excuse not to grow. There's no, nobody should ever say, man, I'm just not being fed there. Because if you come to us and say, I'm not being fed, we're going to say, are you in a group? No. Duh. You're not feeding yourself. Not, we're not going to spoon feed you forever. Get in a group. And so while our, check it out, almost every Sunday, somebody lifts up a hand and says, I want to have a relationship with Jesus and I want it to start today. Almost every week here that happens. So if that keeps happening, what should happen to the overall attendance number in our church? Should go up, right? In fact, check this out. 
I had Jeff this last week. I tried to put it on the, get it where I could put it on the screen, but it just didn't look right. We track all of our numbers, all of our attendance numbers. So we've got this graph, and it, it looks like this squiggly line. But if you know anything about mathematics, or I don't. I just know enough to get in trouble. You know about something called a trend line, all right? So you can lay a trend line on a graph and find out what the overall averages are doing. Guess what ours looks like over the last year, True Life? Here's last January. Here's this January. It goes like this. It just keeps going up. Yeah, you could. that's a good thing. You can clap for that. Now let's talk about the giving trend line. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to go there today. I'm just, some of you are like, oh. No, we're not going there today. It, it really does. It keeps going up. Guess what also needs to go up? If we put a trend line on the number of people who are getting into meaningful relationships through groups, that baby needs to keep going up too because it's the only way that it stays healthy. We have to be able to get larger and smaller at the same time. Are you with me, True Life? It has to happen. It has to happen. So what I hope for you today is that there is a challenge in your heart, that there's something inside of you going, okay, all right, I'm going to help this be a place that loves Jesus and loves other people. I'm going to do everything I can to help this be a place where everything we do is done with excellence. I'm going to do everything I can to help anyone who comes to our church understand that we believe in them and that God has something special for them. And I'm going to do everything I can to build meaningful relationships in groups. You know what I, I, I you know what my goal is for the percentage of people to participate in small groups? That's 100%. That is it's just not realistic. It won't happen. But I'm just going to keep harping on it until we at least get to like 80. Cuz it's it's the only way it stays healthy and it's the only way it grows. And we've got great small groups coming up in 2 weeks that you can be a part of. Great groups. Women uh, who get to watch movies, chick flicks together. Thank you for rescuing your husbands. You want to watch what, honey? You should go to that group. I bet they're going to watch it. Yes. I'm in so much trouble later. Uh, we've got a, a businessmen's group. Myself and Lynn Vigiano are going to meet on Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. for breakfast. For anybody who's in business or professionals together, we're going to study the Bible and talk about how that relates to what we do in the community and, and building business together. I'm going to do an emerging leaders group again. Uh, for those of you who feel called to uh, <clears throat> have more influence and more leadership in the body, in the kingdom, in the local church, I want you to come hang out with me. We're going to talk about what it's like to be a leader. Uh, we've got, what else we got, Joel? We, Knitting. Can't forget knitting because about 8,000 people attend that group. Dudes of the Bible. What else we got? Romans 12. What else? And we got any others? Youth group. The uprising. Come on, y'all. They're all like, what? What? Is it Super Bowl time? Man, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good semester. We want you to get involved. Help us get bigger and smaller. At the same time. Are you with me, True Life? Has this been a good series for you? Reminding ourselves why we're here as a church. All right. Here's what I want to do. Would you just close your eyes all across the room? We're going to wrap it up this way. You may be sitting in the room today going, all that sounds fun. Sounds like this is a great church, but I don't really know Jesus. I'm that person that's trying to find a place to belong, but I'm not even sure I believe yet. But there's something in my heart going on this morning Something is tugging at me, and I feel like this might be the day where I'm supposed to invite Jesus into my life, make him my Savior, make him the Lord of my life. If that's you right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, this is between you, me, and Jesus. I just want to know that you're here. Would you just slip your hand up real quick so that I can see it? Just say, hey, that's me. I want to establish a relationship with Christ this morning. Just hold it up really quick. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Anyone else? Just hold it up really, really quick. Okay, we're going to say a prayer together as a church. We're going to pray this with you. If you're praying it for the very first time, I'm going to ask you to do one thing when this prayer is over. In the cup holder next to you is a connection card. Would you fill it out? Give us your information and check the box that says, I'm committing my life to Christ for the first time. 
we're not going to show up at your house. We're not going to stalk you or anything like that. We just want to send you some information that helps you get started in a healthy way, get off on the right foot in your relationship with Jesus. And you should hang out with us at at Lifetrack 101 after this service. So let me lead you in this prayer to invite Christ into your life. If you're praying it for the first time, you can make it your own. Our whole church is going to pray it with you. This is our way of welcoming you into the family of God. Come on, let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. I need you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Please forgive me of all my mistakes, all my sin, past, present, and future. Live inside of me and be the Lord of my life. I commit it all to you from this day forward. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now here's what I want to do. I want to I want to ask man if God has just challenged you today or over the course of this series and you would just say, "Hey, Michael, I just want I just want you to know I'm like I'm all in." Find friends, find God, find life. Authentic, relevant, accepting, enjoyable, powerful. Leading people to experience a life-giving relationship with Jesus and helping them become fully devoted followers of him. I'm all about the excellence. I'm all about loving God and loving each other. I'm all about believing in people and I'm all about getting larger and smaller at the same time. If you say, hey, I'm in. That sounds like the right kind of church to me. Would you just, right now, would you just stand up to your feet? You say, I'm all in. That's me. I'm in. Would you stand up? Come on, all across the room. You say, that's kind of weird. You're making it public. Absolutely, I'm making it public. This is You're saying, this is my church and I'm in. Yeah, come on. Come on, everybody. So, what time is it? Can we do the can we do the uh, mountain shake, whatever the words are? Can we can we go there? <laughs> come on, don't you want to? Come on, come on, everybody. Let's. This is a place where you can find, find, find. Come on, let's worship together one last time.